welcome to I am Danny B. Um, we're the podcast where we talk of movies, a little bit of TV, and sprash some other shit in between, as we all know. I am your host, Danny B, or Danielle, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and fellow film enthusiast, Kevin Holmes. So, we're doing a little thing for Kevin this month. We're doing some hockey movies, because it's his favourite sport, and yeah, just... I thought we'd change it up a little bit. So we're doing some older movies this time around. We're doing 1992's Mighty Ducks Disney movie. And then we're doing Mystery Alaska, which I have called Mission. Miracle. Every name under the sun apart from mystery. So it took me a while to find this movie, um, which was 1999. So first off, we'll start with Mighty Ducks. Kev, do you have a synopsis for us? I do. Gordon Bombay is a hotshot Minneapolis lawyer who specialises in helping bad guys get off scot-free. Frequently humiliating the DA, when we meet him he's kind of fresh from another victory and he goes out to celebrate. In the process, not just drinking, drink driving, but drinking while driving, you could say he's been a Bombay bad boy. His luck has run out though and he's pulled over by the police and, and charged with driving under the influence. As part of his sentence, Bombay has to perform community service, and in this case, his community service is coaching a peewee ice hockey team. A sport he hates because he's haunted by a loss from his childhood, a game where the championship was on his stick and he hit the post. A reluctant coach in charge of the worst team in the league, it's not easy for him to rekindle his love for the game. The team practices on a local pond and has a goalie who's scared of getting hit by pucks. However, after a series of missteps such as berating the team and then, and then teaching them all how to play dirty, the kids finally start to win him over helped along by a pep talk from a mystical German man. Gordon, sort of more on board now, asks his boss for money to get the team rink time, uniforms and new equipment, institutes proper training, uh, giving the kids the confidence and finding uh, the fun and love of the game again. They turn the season around and win the championship, overcoming the shame of his childhood loss and defeating his old coach. All the while, one player, Charlie, wingmans Bombay into dating his mother. That's, is that the, pretty much the plot of the movie? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think you've pretty much hit all the main points. <laughs> yeah, I've glossed so, over a lot. But <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, thoughts on the Mighty Ducks. So, I will admit, <laughs> I've never watched the Mighty Ducks, and everybody that I've told this to is stunned. It seems to be a childhood movie that has passed me by, but then I'm not really a hockey fan, so I don't know if that's got something to do with it. But I will say I really enjoyed this movie. It is it's the weird thing of it and I was thinking about this about the Mighty Ducks is it was like a ubiquitous kids movie. Like everybody I knew growing up made Mighty Ducks references and kinda knew about hockey because of this movie. But I also feel like it had no impact on anybody I know ever enjoying the sport of hockey. Like people watched this movie, really loved this movie, then went, I'm never gonna think about ice hockey again. <laughs> Other than making, like, Goldberg references. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think for me, like, I kind of do that with sports movies because I'm not opposed to a sports movie, even though I'm not, like, a sports fan. Like, I don't watch any sports at all. I'm not opposed to them, but at the same time, I don't watch one and then automatically think, like... I need to go and like get into that more but that's maybe just me because there will be a lot of people that'll watch like things like the mighty ducks and not even just like hockey movies obviously like there's so many football movies out there and like basketball and all that jazz like that makes them want to go and play the game and that's great but it's just not something and as a conscious decision when i was a kid i think i never wanted to watch it because it was about hockey and it wasn't a game I really knew anyway, and I was just like, I'm not bothered about this. Yeah, but I remember like 
being like around that sort of like 10 year old age and you know you'd watch three ninjas and then you'd run around pretending to be ninjas but like we watched the mighty ducks and then we never even thought about trying to play like street hockey or anything it just wasn't like like that was more insane than being a ninja (laughs) (laughs) but you do that though because it is and it's so true though because like I i will admit like space jam is probably one of my favourite kids' movies, like, of all time. Because it's the Looney Tunes and they're great. And I did go through a phase where I never wanted to watch basketball, but it was one of the only sports that I didn't hate when we used to do, like, PE. Like, and I think it was just because it was the only sport that I didn't necessarily suck at. Like, weirdly enough, for a short person, I was quite... I was okay at basketball. (laughs) I wasn't too bad. Whereas every other sport I played, I was horrendous. Mainly because I didn't want to be doing it, but also because I just wasn't good at it. (laughs) But yeah. So, but anyway, so for thoughts of the actual, like, movie like the characters and things um i wasn't really sure i didn't like all the kids basically <laughs> and i think you're supposed to sympathize with them all but i didn't <laughs> they're, they're young street toughs from a tough from a tough background danny you have to like them i mean yeah <laughs> like i can I, I could i could not get over like i think it was averman with the glasses yeah. he he just did my head in like I just didn't find him funny and like I just loved that the whole movie was basically the rest of the team saying like shut up Averman and I was like yes <laughs> yes please shut up Averman <laughs> that's actually I like Averman but Averman also does like that is like a role in hockey of like the you kind of call it like a pest somebody that literally their whole job is just to annoy the other team and hitting them <laughs> yeah it was quite funny how like how not violent the movie is but like how quick they are to to like tussle like how quick they are not turn on each other but like fight amongst themselves i thought that was quite weird well not weird but it was like it was quite refreshing actually because i tend to find that like with a lot of sports movies and especially with like kids movies that are aimed around a gang like or or a team of some description like i don't know there's maybe like one big fight in a movie but for the rest of the movie as a general rule they all get on and like they all like they don't argue about anything but like they were quite quick in that movie to to fight amongst themselves and i just i don't know it was quite refreshing like i hadn't seen it really in a lot of kids movies or like in a lot of movies about teens like that yeah i didn't notice that but that was a good point um they, they are a bit more bickery and stuff like that and i don't know if that is just because they do kind of like really draw out the forming to be like a team until like the last game really yeah and i think even when like i I don't know if it's maybe a reflection as well on the fact that they're playing hockey because hockey is such a physical sport more than some yeah i mean like the sport actually allows fighting in the middle of the game (laughs) yeah so i mean maybe that's why but um i think as well like with the characters and things like that something that i really did like about it was like i say i didn't like all the kids but most of the, the most of them were like fine and they weren't all i don't know i th- i think i liked the fact that they weren't all likable as well even though there were kids in it that i just really didn't like go away <laughs> i like that like I, I think there's something about a, especially a disney movie we are most of the characters are these characters that like you all love and everyone has like a favorite but they're all lovable kids and i quite liked that it wasn't that 
as well. Yeah, like the the movies, like you're introduced to the kids in the movie with them just being wee shites. Like, yeah, basically. Like, like they're literally like putting like dog shit in a purse and trying to goad people into picking it up. Like you're introduced to these kids as not being good kids. Yeah. Like, and then as soon as like Bombay shows up, okay, Bombay is being at like an like an arsehole that doesn't want to be there and like clearly doesn't want to be there. I think he says like kids are barely human. Which yeah, is before he meets yeah, them all. he does say something like that. <laughs> And uh, and uh, but they like they don't even wait for him to be an arse to them. They just immediately start trying to antagonize him. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just immediately are trying to get him on the bad side. So like, it is kind of fun that the whole team is these kind of like abrasive personalities. Yeah, I think I think as well. Like I have to I have to talk about him because I was just like I was like oh like he, he's one he's one of those kids characters that I'm like I take a bullet for you. Like I loved Fulton like just in his like. I don't know, just like his bare attitude and like the fact that he was just like the the hard man of the team. I don't know, I just loved him. And the whole scene, like the whole ridiculous scene where like he takes out the windows and he's like, I can't play because I can't skate. And then obviously they go to the mall and he's like falling all over the shop. Like, he was just so nice. Like, I wasn't particularly bothered about Charlie, like the main kid. I was more interested in him because we get like no backstory for him. He's just there and it's like, he's just there to be the goon essentially, but like. I just, just, I don't know. A, I really just a like giant him. boy who can hit the puck really Exactly! <laughs> and who went on to be Foggy Nelson in, in Daredevil, which really confused yeah, they, me. <laughs> did, did he actually have the best career out of all the kids? I think between him and Joshua Jackson, I think probably. Because Joshua Jackson obviously went on to be Dawson's Creek. And oh, of course, yeah. Weirdly enough, because I, I was reading a little bit of trivia about this, the guy, I didn't even realise he was in it. It was only because I, I went on a bit of a Mighty Ducks binge and I've been watching the rest of the movies because I liked the first one. Um, and I didn't even realise he was in the first one, but he's been in all three of them. The guy that plays Guy in the movie, so he was he's actually Fulton's brother in real life. Oh, really? Because Fulton is like got black hair in the movies, but the guy that plays him is blonde naturally, and they'd had to dye his hair because they didn't want him to have the same hair color because they look quite similar, yeah. and they didn't want to play them as brothers. So, but he we're, but he was also the guy that was in Casper that I genuinely thought he had done nothing since Casper, not the one that played Casper at the end, but the boy that. Like Christina Rishi's character kind of fancied, but he was a bit of a dickhead. That was him, and I was like, oh, but that's his brother, and I don't think he's he does much acting now. But yeah, I think out of the two, I think out of all of them, I think him and Joshua Jackson probably had the better careers. Oh, actually, now who I've just seen is one of the kids. Is I always pronounce his name. Is it is it Jesse Smollett? The guy who had the controversy where he pretended that he had like a hate crime committed against him and then got found out. Oh no. No, I know none yeah. of that. <laughs> he was in like what's it called again? Like Empire or something like that. Who oh wait, who was um who did he play in in Jam- the Mighty Ducks? In the Mighty Ducks he played <sighs> In the Mighty Ducks he played Terry. No, that's not who I was thinking of. No, because I thought um I thought you were maybe talking about um, Jesse, the one I think is mm. that played. I think he's like the. I think Jesse Smollett was the other black kid. Oh right, okay, right. 
Um, I, th- I thought you might have been talking about him because when I looked on his IMBD, he didn't seem to have much going for him after like the Mighty Ducks movies. But I think, I don't know, I liked, I did like all the characters in a sense of them all coming together. And I, I liked Emilio Estevan's in it. Like, I did think he was okay. But I, there was a kind of thing with him more in the first one than like after watching the second one. But he's quite two-dimensional in a sense like i don't think he's really putting out much there like <laughs> yeah like when i was watching it i was i remember just i think he even said to charlotte at one point i was like oh emilio estevez was a better actor than this but maybe i'm just like putting martin sheen into emilio estevez <laughs> like, maybe i'm just assuming he should be better because... as, as long as he's as long as you're not putting it as charlie sheen then we're all good <laughs> like because I was like, oh, well, he was good in The Breakfast Club. And I was like, oh, well, was he good in The Breakfast Club? He might not have been good in The Breakfast Club. <laughs> I think I remember him being good in The Breakfast Club. It's not that he's a bad actor, because, like I say, because I have went on a bit of a Mighty Ducks binge, and I watched the second one, I thought he was better in the second one than he was in the first one. Oh, he was by far better in the second one than he was in the first one. I mean, the first half hour of the first one, like, I think I literally wrote down... Like, was this his community service? Because <laughs> he just but it seems like he's not really wanting to be involved with this. And I don't know if he kind of got into it halfway through the film. Yeah, I think there was some of the bits of it, like, even towards the end of the movie as well, like... <laughs> there was, like, a hilarious moment in the movie where, where Banks... It's where the guy, the, the kid that was supposed to be on the Hawks ends up having to join the Ducks because he was, like, the state line's said he couldn't play in the Hawks anymore and like the coach sent the two bruisers out to take him out and one of them's like (laughs) it's like the most ridiculous line like so they take out Banks and he's like lying like desolate on the ice and one of them's like what did you do and they do this awful close-up of the other kid and it's like my job like, (laughs) "Ah!" like that whole moment like his whole moment there of bad acting there was bits of that that was like Emilio Estevez, like all the way through it. Like even near the end when like he went on the date with the woman, and it was like she was talking about like the ice palace, and he was like, "And what room am I in?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> it's just like there's just like bits where it wasn't really well acted, to be honest." Yeah, like the other bit when he shows up for the first game, and it's just like, "Oh, why did it have to be the Hawks?" You know, just to really drive home that that was his team when he was young. Yeah, and it, like. It was just, yeah. <laughs> like yeah the I don't think he, when you're getting outacted by like these children who, I'm sure some of them were kept, were like, were only cast, like, cast in the film because they could skate. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I think as well, because like talking about them with their careers and stuff like that, the only one, the only other one that I always recognized when I, like, when I watch the movies and I'm like, I feel like I've seen her in so much more, but I think I'm getting her confused with, um, Danielle Pennebaker is the one that played Connie so I always look at her and think I've seen her in loads of things but the only thing that I actually know her from is she was in Queen of the Damned and that's I think that was her only other big thing that people would remember her for Um, I quickly looked and saw that she was in Wet Hot American Summer and that was the first thing I recognised well I don't recognise her having been in it but that's the first film I recognised but yeah Anyways, so I think as well, like, I thought, I liked Hans, but it was kind of weirdly stereotypical that suddenly there was, like, a, like, because he was Scandinavian, wasn't he? 
well, I think you're supposed to be German, and that's not real. And well, this is a running thing through the Mighty Ducks of just like assuming certain nationalities are ice hockey countries when they're they're not. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like it's just it's weird that this ice hockey owner store owner, I assumed he was German. Um, and then like I had a Google, so I was like, oh, maybe he was supposed to be like Swedish, and then. Something on Google said he was German as well. I think he was played by an English guy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was odd. I, I mean, I, I, I quite liked Hans. I was kind of drawn in by him. Yeah. His strange, mystical German wisdom. Yeah, uh, that, I think that's what he was supposed to be. He was literally there to be, like, the wise man. And he played it very well. <laughs> but I did... I thought as well, it was quite... not Well, it was very convenient that, obviously, um, Gordon has to do community service... And he just so happens to end up back. Like, I'm assuming it's where he grew up. Because they don't... Like, obviously where he goes to teach the Mighty Ducks, like, is the place where he had his famous loss. And obviously he knows Hans because he used to work in the shop there and he used to get all his his gear. But at no point do they ever kind of say, like, the town that this is supposed to be set in is where Gordon grew up. So, I don't, like, it's obviously supposed to be all around the same area, but again, to draw on the Mighty Ducks 2, where they go, like, they're playing Team America, and, like, even all the team members went near the end when they're all saying, like, what part of the US they're from. Like, they're all kids that all play together all the time, and I think only, like, two or three of them actually say the same thing. Like... They all say Minnesota, but like they say different things in, of Minnesota, and I'm like, so I don't know. Is that like, is that a part of that a village, or is that part of like a so, state, or I don't understand. So it's it's Minneapolis, which is like the biggest city in Minnesota, right? Um, and I think some of them are maybe saying they're like neighborhoods, or maybe it's like suburbs of Minnesota. Okay, that makes more Cause sense like, then, because I was really confused. I was like. <laughs> yeah, because like Banks is supposed to be a rich kid, so he's probably from like a suburb. Yeah. Um, and that's why he would say something slightly different. Like I think he said something like Edina or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's the only way I can think, and that's like it makes it a wee bit more believable that he's a lawyer now, with like in coaching in the same league he grew up playing in. If he's in the same city. Yeah. Well, that's what I kind of thought, but town. it is. It's obviously for the whole thing of convenience, because obviously then it puts him against his old coach who, like, was was a dickhead. Like, don't get me wrong, was a complete dickhead. But something that I didn't like about the kids as well was that they were, as much as Gordon does have his moments where he obviously makes the wrong decision because he has to learn from his mistakes, I also thought the kids are quite quick to judge him. Like, a bit too quick to judge him. Like, the wee, the wee boy... Because he was only in the one movie, the wee boy that played Peter, like the really small guy, like he was so irritating as well. Because like they overhear him talking to the coach, and obviously he's being sarcastic. But rather than say to him like outright at the very beginning of like when he goes back into the locker room, like we heard what you said, like and lets them explain, they just all kind of like slump off in a huff. And it's like, well, we have to call us losers. It's like, what? <laughs> Communicate. Well, I, think, I mean, that's true. But um, they are children, though. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that partly is due to them. Like, I mean, they have a 
know, a drunk driving community service serving person as their coach. And he's not the first person. Like, I don't think they've ever had somebody that wants to coach them. They've just always had people that are forced to coach them. And did they not say at the start of the person before Bombay got so mad at them he had a heart attack? Yeah, <laughs> they were like, he hurt his arm and then like the emotion of like having a heart attack. But then at that point, do you not kind of pause and go, well, maybe we're complete creeps and we need to change? Wait, what like 10 to 12 year old have you met that like has that much introspection they should have it I'm not a child person it's so funny like at the beginning of the movie like when they when he's like I'm gonna get down to the point I hate hockey and I hate kids and I was like I feel this man (laughs) and I don't hate hockey but as children as a general I'm always a bit like like I can take them or leave them and these were not cute and cuddly kids which was okay in one sense but there was also moments of frustration for me like yeah you gotta get that in any movie about children and those children are just annoying yeah they're basically little like drunk people (laughs) running around doing whatever they want yeah can't be reasoned with (laughs) Um, actually like I had a thing with this one so actually, I watched it twice in the run up to recording this because the first time I watched it, I was like, really, I was really disappointed because obviously I grew up really loving this film. And then when I watched it, there's a whole bunch of stuff like missing from it. And then that's why I ended up going and then I watched D2, the sequel, and then realized that a lot of the things that I remember as being from the Mighty Ducks are actually in the sequel. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back and like rewatched the first one, I enjoyed it more for being what it is rather than like lacking the things that yeah I thought were supposed to be there but weren't. Uh huh. Like well, there's a whole bunch of things that like are, are synonymous to me with the Mighty Ducks that are actually all from the second one, like the Bash Brothers and the Knuckle Puck and ducks fly together. Like those are like the three things that come to my head yeah. first with the well, Mighty Duck, and they're not in the first one at all. The jerseys as well, like when oh they're when so I'm, ugly like, in the first yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> like when you. When, because I didn't, like, I knew that there was a Mighty Ducks team in real life and I didn't realise, like, that it had been, I don't know if it actually was spawned from the Disney movie, but, like, I recognise the jersey, like, the hockey mask, but it's shaped like a, a bill. And I recognised that. And then when they came on with these ugly jerseys in the first in this first movie, I was like, ooh. <laughs> and it was only when I was watching the second one, I was like, ah, see, so they didn't introduce them until the second. But... I did have the kind of advantage of because I didn't watch it as a child I didn't have that kind of nostalgia but I could look at it as just a kind of fun like cheap 80s or 90s movie sorry that Disney made and I quite enjoyed it but it's it's funny because I think the second one didn't go to cinemas I think the second one went straight to DVD or to video it would have been at the time and the the second one has better quality to it than the first one. Oh yeah, it is bizarre. Like it does feel like a massive step up in like all regards to yeah. the first one. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I enjoy it. Like I mean, we're here to talk about the first one, but like mm. I did enjoy it, and I thought even though there was like little niggly things about it, like some of like Amelia Estefan's acting and like not enjoying all the kids. I don't think there was really much you could do with the story to make it better. I think they had a solid story, and I think they had a solid movie. Um, and I don't think if you had tweaked it or done anything much more with it, you would have got a better movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't think of anything that I'd immediately take out of it or add to it. Um, 
I think a lot of the issues for me is just like some like some of the editing is just kind of slow and clunky. Like it could just be a bit faster paced. Mm-hmm. It just it could just be a bit snappier and it would improve a lot of it. I think. Yeah. Um, and that wouldn't like mean it would probably take like a minute out of the actual overall film if you did that. But um, I don't know. There's just certain things about it that like as I think Emilio Estevez's acting first off. I really would, like, wish I could have been on set on that day where he just had to, like, quack at his boss. Oh! Because <laughs> there's things that, like, some of the tone is a little odd. Like, that scene has such an odd tone because yeah. it almost feels slapstick comedy-esque, but then it's it's played so straight. Like, nobody really reacts to him just having this mental breakdown. Yeah! <laughs> and, but it also, to me, it jarred because, like, Ducksworth, the, the guy that obviously was his boss, it didn't really fit with me that he suddenly sacked Gordon because he was the one that made a point of saying even before Gordon had got done for the like the drunk drive-in he was the one that was like you need to take time away from work you need to the the win can't be everything because obviously he'd grown up thinking this because of his arsehole coach and Ducksworth looked like he was supposed to be a good guy because obviously he he gives the money to the mighty ducks and and like he was the one that kind of pushed Gordon to do this and like he wanted him to get better and then for him to then suddenly turn around and be like are you really going to lose your job because of kids and a game and him to fire Gordon I was like okay like it didn't fit with me because even Gordon makes a point of saying like are you really going to sack me over kids and a game and I thought that was going to be the point where Ducksworth would like redeem himself again and when he didn't I was like oh okay that doesn't fit with me because he's been a good character all the way through the movie why is he suddenly not because I know realistically if it had been a real life situation apart from the fact that he would have been taken out by security if he'd actually quacked at his boss like that would like it wouldn't happen but this is a movie and it's a kids movie so it just felt really weird that they they kind of essentially made him not the bad guy but the hindrance because then gordon obviously loses his job and it's just a just a weird move to make i just felt yeah like you could be really really generous to the script and be like oh well no it's showing the growth of gordon bombay because at the start no he looked like this huge shit and this Ducksworth was this really nice man and now look now Ducksworth's the baddie and Gordon Bombay looks really good but no I think it was just bad writing I think think it was just they needed like they needed a confrontation again so they just kind of like made him do this thing yeah (laughs) and like it was out of character the whole thing as well with like Adam's dad like I don't I didn't get it's not that I didn't get it but it just felt like a bit overkill like and it was clear from the very beginning because we hadn't really seen much of Adam, like, as a character before he was then forced to join the Ducks. And we didn't even really get much of a redemption for him either because obviously he was one of the bullies. He was one of the ones, I think he was one of the ones that Fulton, like, chucked into the bins, like, at Uh, the beginning of the movie. But he didn't even really get much of a redemption because he's forced to join this team. He doesn't want to be there. And... Like he scores the all the one goal at the beginning of the last game, and then he's taken out, and that's it. Like we got yeah, nothing like, else. <laughs> like if anything, he's really just there for like maybe the kids to show their growth a little bit, and that they eventually are okay-ish with him. Um, I did read about oh, this is being the trivia a bit later, but um, 
in the original script apparently Bombay's drinking was a bigger thing which is like partly why he's called Gordon Bombay because of the the gins <laughs> um so I think there was like a darker more adult version of the script and that's some of those things get left in when they've clearly adjusted it to be a more straight kids movie yeah well that does actually make sense now that you've said that because it seemed like obviously when we meet him at the beginning of the movie when he's an adult and he's he's kind of on top of the world because he's not had any losses or he, he has one loss but they don't talk about that one um and he seems to be unstoppable and then suddenly the next scene is him like drinking in his car and it was like oh okay that's a bit random like and obviously it was to push the movie along because like he has to get done for the drunk driving and get the community service but it still felt a bit random if we'd had more of that in the movie and it was more of a redemption story for him in that sense that would have made more sense in the movie but it was just him randomly drinking in the car (laughs) yeah um, I think you do. You, I mean, that is something you do just gonna get in kids' movies, though. It's just a lot kind of shorthand, where there isn't a lot of explanation. It's just like, look, he's bad. He's drinking in his car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think there was like a maybe a more nuanced version of the script that got lost at some point, and probably for the better. I don't know if I want the dark version of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> no, I think if we were to, I think if we had watched, if this had been pitched as like a not an adult movie, but like more aimed at like an older kid audience, like an like teenagers, like maybe late teenagers, like early twenties or whatever. If that had been aimed at that now, maybe I'd watch something like that. But the Mighty Ducks are the Mighty Ducks. It's it's little kids like battering each other about the ice and like pulling stupid jokes and yeah, it doesn't it doesn't need to be dark (laughs) it doesn't need to be nuanced it can be a a cute wee kids movie with not cute kids (laughs) (laughs) anything else to say about mighty ducks then i don't think so i mean it's mean that what there's not really much to say about it it's a family movie about ice hockey and arsehole kids becoming less arseholes (laughs) and an arsehole coach becoming less of an arsehole and a nice old german man like say as well though like so talking about um like the the arsehole kids and stuff as i say because i've been binging mighty ducks related stuff i was actually in the middle of watching the third one before we came on to record and i don't know why the concept was made but like charlie obviously because joshua jackson like obviously because he was getting more into his acting career and he's more of a main character in the third one and what an absolute dick he is. But at the same time, I don't feel like any of the characters in the third one are fun anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a vibe of why the third one didn't do very well. <laughs> but but yeah, so but apart from that, um so yeah, I think final thoughts for me on the Mighty Ducks would be I'd watch it again because it was fun and it's just like you know what it is? It's one of these movies that you can just put on as background noise. And it's fun, it's got some good jokes, but you don't really have to pay attention. And it's just a nice wee movie. And it's quite nostalgic as well, even though I didn't watch it as a child, because it's set in the 90s and the feel of it and everything like that is very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. So I would watch it again. So I'd probably give it... Again, I'm trying to be harsher. <laughs> Rather than <laughs> leap into the eights and nines. Um, I'd probably give it a six. I'd probably give it a six out of ten. 
because I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't amazing. And it was, it, but it wasn't quite middle of the road. It was just over. <laughs> mm. uh, no, yeah, I mean, I obviously love this movie. It's like just a classic sort of 90s nostalgia movie and sort of where, I mean, me and almost anybody else I know, even if they don't like hockey or do, kind of had their first um, exposure to hockey. And like you said, there is some actually really funny lines in it that I wrote down. Like there's a whole bit where they find out that they're going to get called the Ducks and then one of the kids say Ducks don't have teeth and then he replies, neither do hockey players. <laughs> um, I, I quite enjoyed that line. Yeah, that um, made me chuckle. I mean, I would definitely watch it again. I mean, I'm obviously going to watch it again. And I do think it's actually improved as a movie for being like a background watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that kind of goes for most kids' movies, especially this one, which I kind of think has like a precursor to like a Disney Channel original movie feel to it. Yeah. Like it's obviously just before that was a thing. So mm-hmm. the budget is higher. And, but it's kind of got that vibe to it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I, you'll probably find, I'm sure the Disney Channel... Like, don't quote me, but I'm sure the Disney Channel have done many sports-type movies like The Mighty Ducks since The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like, well, yeah. There was a whole... There was, like, Brink for roller skating. There was a Johnny Tsunami for... Sur- uh, for Not surfing, for uh, snowboarding. Um, get, yep. Get I- Charlotte on one day just to do a GCOM episode. <laughs> But um, I mean, I'm gonna be really harsh. Like again, I said, I'm, I mean, I was disappointed when I first watched it, but then realized that that was because I was like mashing Mighty Ducks and D2 into one movie. And once I separated them, I did like the original more again. Um, and watching it again, there's something to be said about the slight more grittiness to the Mighty, the first Mighty Ducks to D2, even though D2's slicker. Yeah. Um. So again. Love this movie, but I mean, I think it's a four out of ten. Like, it's not, it's not like a high quality film. <laughs> if you're just being fully objective, if I'm being like subjective, then like eight out of ten. But well, there you go then. You don't have to always be objective. <laughs> but I can't just keep giving movies eights and nines. Well, I'm being better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want some trivia? Yeah, we should have some trivia. <laughs> uh, well, the, the IMDb rating is a 6.6, so you're closer in that regard. Yeah, so we had, well, there's actually a bunch of people tried out to be Charlie Conway. Oh. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did, and so did, um, why is his name gone out of my head? Titanic. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio? I think so, yeah. I think Leonardo DiCaprio tried out to be Charlie Conway. Oh. <laughs> well, he was one of these ones that I never, I never remember he was a child actor. <laughs> and I think Jake Gyllenhaal actually got the role, and then his parents wouldn't let him do it. Uh, the other fun one is that Charlie Sheen was almost Gordon Bombay and then they just went well we'll get Martin Sheen's other child to do it I guess <laughs> I'm actually really shocked that they didn't try and like mash in a, a Charlie Sheen not Charlie Sheen a Martin Sheen like cameo there because how many times have they done movies together because and they play father and son because it's convenient and like when, when they showed you the dad i was i was really shocked <laughs> it wasn't martin sheen i was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> uh was it i think they also tried or they thought about getting bill murray to play bombay as well but decided he was too old oh, okay. um the mighty ducks ended up being a real team yes. for a while um and they were owned by Disney and they played in Anaheim. Um, a real treat is you can watch up the, the like pre-first ever game ceremony 
for it and it's all this like Disney on ice stuff and it is truly awful. Oh, no. <laughs> They've got this like whole chant it's like the mighty ducks of Anaheim and it's oh it's really bad. <laughs> uh, I think they also got beat like 9-1 in their first game. Ouch. <laughs> um, eventually Disney sold the team and now they're just the ducks. They, they skipped the mighty. Well, to be fair I, I think they were just called the ducks in the first movie so that's fine. That's fine by me. Mm. <laughs> Um, apparently a bunch of the kids lied about being able to play hockey to get on the film and had to be taught how to play <laughs> uh, see asshole actually, kids yeah there was also there was a thing that confused me for the whole film and then I read this trivia thing and I was like oh apparently cake eater they keep calling like various people cake eater yeah in the, I didn't in the get movie. that at all apparently it's an actual Minnesota insult it just means you're like rich oh. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why they call like Banks cake eater, and I think they maybe call like Bombay a cake eater at one point. Yeah, yeah, I did because I did wonder why they kept using it, and I, I don't know. My brain went Is it because he's pale. <laughs> I was like, cake. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was like, I, I thought it might have something to do with wealth when they kept calling Banks it, but it like at the end, it then really threw me because at the end when Banks is taken off and like the the. Oh God, I've completely forgot his name. Uh, but the black boy, like, goes over to him and he's like, ki- like, kick some hawk ass for me or something. I can't remember. And he goes, ah, we will. And then does he not call him cake eater? And I was like, oh, well, I'm completely confused now because he's not rich. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> so, yeah, I was a bit confused by all of that. But that's, uh, yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one I had I'd already mentioned was that Gordon Bombay's name is a combination of uh, uh, gin brands. Um and then there are some things I noticed. There's just like like a lot of famous hockey numbers you see through it. Like one of them, uh, Gordon Bobay's number is nine, and uh, Gordy Howe is a really famous player. He was number nine. Um, yeah, there's a few ninety nines that you see. That's Wayne Gretzky's number. He's like the best player of all time. Yeah. Um, there's a sixty six. That's like another great player. Um, I can work out why Charlie Conway was 96, other than it was, maybe it was just a combination of 99 and 66 and you, you couldn't do 69. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so is that your trivia then? Yeah, that's the trivia. Cool. So to go into a little di- uh, tangent, because I thought this would just be really funny, <laughs> um, something that came off the Mighty Ducks movies, as Disney likes to do, they decided to turn it into a cartoon. But rather than it be... Mighty Ducks and it be about, you know, obnoxious children playing hockey, they decided in their wisdom to make a programme about anthropomorphic ducks from space that mm-hmm. also play hockey. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just wanted to do a little interlude about the Mighty Ducks. or Well, actually, it was just called Mighty Ducks. It wasn't called The Mighty Ducks. Um, animated series. Oh, like, it like ran... eagles. Sorry? Like eagles. Like eagles, yes. So it ran for one season, and the the plot is ducks, as I say, that look humanish but have duck heads, um, come from a world called Puck World, but they get stuck in Earth because they are following an evil alien race that are trying to kill them, or well, actually they're trying to enslave them, uh, and they're fighting against the evil Lord Draganis. So they are fighting this guy, this dragon thing, who's voiced by Tim Curry as well, by the way. <laughs> um, 
so they end up in Earth. They end up in Anaheim. So that makes sense as well, because obviously Anaheim, the Mighty Ducks, blah, blah, blah. And decide to not only play hockey and, you know, humans are okay with this. You, like these aliens that just turn up and they look like giant ducks. Hey, let's give them a team and like, let's let's make them the Anaheim like hockey team. <laughs> so they make them a, a hockey team and they are also vigilantes. So... <laughs> I wonder why that didn't last for more than one season. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually I'm surprised you said it only lasted for one season because I remember watching that cartoon a lot. I felt so, like it was on a lot. Okay, so this was this was my thing as well. I never watched the Mighty Ducks, but I remember the cartoon because I'm sure I loved the cartoon when I was a kid. But I will say that the Mighty Ducks cartoon is on Disney Plus as well. I watched the first two episodes to get like a feel for the cartoon because I had completely forgot about it. And it's such... Apart from the fact that it's a weird concept, it's also really bizarrely well done. Like, the cartoon itself is pretty standard Disney Channel cartoon. They haven't went like out of their way to make it amazing animation, but it's got a really good cast in it. So you've got Tim Curry playing the main villain, Tony Jay, who was like a massive Shakespearean actor, and then in, like in later years went on to be a huge voice actor. He played like Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. So he is like a massive big actor. He was in it as well. Um, Brad Garrett, who was in like, I think it's Everybody Loves Raymond and he's a big comedy actor. He was in it as well. And it just had this really good cast and it, yeah, it just blew my mind. As Because Jim Belushi's in it as well. That was the other big one. So Jim Belushi mm. plays their manager and I was like, what? What is going on? <laughs> like this really well kind of put together cast. It's clearly tried to think of something with the story that's not just obnoxious kids playing cocky but at the same time what were they thinking <laughs> I just... yeah, it's weird that they haven't tried to work the kids in at all like the kids turn into the anthropomorphic ducks to yeah fight crime. like i thought they were going to do like that like oh god what was it called again it was the one about the kids that get turned into sharks like street sharks or something yeah, i thought it was yeah. going to be something like that that it was going to be people that had been turned into like massive ducks by like some sort of scientific thing but no it's aliens and and everyone's okay with their hockey team being aliens which is a nice thing because you know we're not prejudiced against the ducks uh even though they're aliens that's nice you know what was nice as well there was more than one female in the team which you don't yeah. usually see so there was there, there was two girls in both Mighty Ducks and D2. So that's probably why. Um, because obviously, <laughs> like, they had to have the two. But usually when you watch programs like that, as like there's usually like one one female character. And I remember the one female character because she was skinny and in like standard terms attractive. You know, she had like the right figure and she was quite skinny and she was really sporty and she could kick ass. Uh, and that was Mallory. But then they like their brains of the operations is Tanya, who is also like, but, but she's a bit chunkier and she's got wild hair. And of course, she looks like a proper nerd because she's got the big massive glasses. But, you know, representation, two rather than one female character. I enjoy is, that. Um, <laughs> is Mallory a pun? Mallory is definitely a pun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember really liking that show a lot. 
Um, although when you're describing the plot, I'm like, how they definitely ripped off. Uh, oh well, need to look at what came out first. But they that definitely sounds like they ripped off Space Jam to a degree. <laughs> they definitely. I don't know about that, but it it kind of feels to me, and I think it did come after it. I feel like they were trying to do a bit more, not a grittier cartoon, but you know how like Gargoyles is like a yeah. proper, it's a proper well thought out plot, and it's just a really good cartoon and there's a reason that it's got cult status it's just really well done i feel like they were trying to ride on the coattails of gargoyles i don't know if gargoyles maybe came after it but it's it had a weird kind of gargoyle feel to me like they were trying to make it more intricate and it didn't really land like it's not it's not the most well thought out like plot in the world but it just I, there was something about it that made me feel like I was watching not watching gargoyles but I had a very gargoyles type feel to it yeah you meant because you sort of mentioned this on Saturday about it being kind of a gargoyles feel to it I mean you said that like I mean I haven't rewatched it um since I was a kid but when you said that I was like oh no that yeah that sounds right they did kind of have a similar tone to them and I feel like I probably liked them both for similar reasons um, I looked at Space Space Jam and the Mighty Ducks cartoon came out in the same year. Ah, enough. so that makes sense. <laughs> but um, it also, I was quite sad because like I like quite a lot of the older, like the really old Disney cartoons because they had like really good theme tunes, like you know Darkwing Duck and Ducktales. The theme tune's not fun for <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. It's like a really bad rock song, and it feels like it was written by like I don't know. Um, like it, it has like a Death Leopard feel to it, and it's but it's not. It doesn't land for me. It doesn't. It's not very well done. So yeah, I was quite sad. Bad rock and metal are like a hockey staple. So maybe that's why they're going on that kind of ro- that road. Which is weird. That like there was it like Good Vibrations was really heavily featured in uh, the first film, The Mighty Ducks. I don't think it was good vibrations. I can't remember. I know that there was quite a lot of references to We Will Rock You in the second mm. one. And because obviously they'd done the horrible thing where it was like, we will quack, like, we will quack you. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't remember. I don't think good vibrations. I don't, I don't think it was. I might be wrong, but. Uh, definitely in the wrong, the wrong song. Because it was like a... Uh, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah, uh, it is good vibrations, but it's like the funky bunch version, oh. not like, not like the original version. You know. That's maybe why I didn't realise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just I thought that would be a really funny little interlude. Like if you like yeah. the Mighty Ducks movie and you're really feeling nostalgic, nostalgic, and you want to watch a really weird ass cartoon, watch the Mighty Ducks cartoon because it's. Not very long. There's only like I think there's like eighteen episodes, and yeah, it's got a really good cast in it. Randomly. <laughs> I mean, you convinced me to give it another go. Like I remember enjoying it as a child, but I was never intended to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that is the joy of having Disney Plus. Like they literally have thrown everything on there that you would never think. Like there's a reason it was never seen again, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole underbelly of Disney Plus that I'm finding, and I fucking love it. But anyway, so yeah, that was my little interlude. So on to Mystery Alaska. 
So I, I thought, I don't, I assume it's not. Um, I thought this was based off a true story. It's not, is it? Um, there is like a loose sort of, um, what's the one, like inspiration, but it's like very different. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> They've kind of taken like this little idea and went, ah, let's yeah, run yeah, with it. <laughs> it's, it's more the fact as well. So we'll do the synopsis first and then I'll talk about it. That, that makes more sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mystery is a small town in Alaska where practically everybody is hockey obsessed. So obsessed, in fact, that the town ritual during the winter months is the Saturday game. A scrimmage every Saturday where the 10 best players in the, in the town face off against each other. Getting a spot in the game is the highest honour for any hockey player in the town. Veteran player John Beebe is about to get awful news when it turns out he's being dumped from the game to make space for a promising young player, Stevie Weeks, who has just skated the river. A rite of passage of, for any player in the town who pride themselves on their skating ability. Uh, there's bigger news in the town, however. A Sports Illustrated article uh, written by Hank Azaria, who is from the town and left because he didn't fit in, being unable to skate. Uh, uh, yeah, so a Sports Illustrated article about the Saturday game has attracted attention, the attention of the NHL, who want to stage an exhibition game there during a break in the season, having the local players match up against the New York Rangers. A series of small town dramas unfold in the lead up to the game, including the game almost being cancelled after the town had already spent way too much on preparing for it. But eventually the game goes ahead and BB has made his way back onto the team. The mystery players hold their own against the Rangers, taking an early lead and ending the game only losing by one goal and almost forcing a draw at the last second. Defeated but proud, the Alaskans are proud of themselves and their team and two of the younger players even get, get themselves tryout contracts with the Rangers. And that's... How it ends, really. Yep. That's a pretty good synopsis. And it also gives me a hell of a lot more than I got from the actual movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I've watched this movie way too many times. Like, so I mean, I you've missed... already said you're not a fan of it, but and I would never judge anybody for not being a fan of this movie. I don't know why I'm a fan of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we all have movies like that. <laughs> Where you know in your soul it's awful, but you can't help it. <laughs> Mm. so okay so my problem with mystery alaska was that even though I, i'm a i'm a weird creature even though i'm not a, a sports fan if i'm watching a sports movie i want there to be more of the sport in it like i just found i wasn't watching a hockey game I, or i wasn't watching a hockey movie i was watching a dull family drama film that happened to have a hockey game at the end mm. like I just, I wasn't interested in all the little, like, dramas that were going on. Like, I, I wasn't, I just didn't find them very interesting. I found that my attention was not kept at all during this movie. Like, I, I, the whole thing about, like, Hank's character. So I think, is he called Charles? Is that his name in the movie? Something like that. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. so the whole, like, it didn't help that, like, obviously his character is either in love or deeply infatuated with like john the main character so like russell crowe's character he's deeply infatuated with his wife and we know that when they were in in school together years and years ago that they dated and it obviously didn't come to anything but every time they put them together obviously they were playing it so that it would become a conflict later on in the movie with um russell crowe like talking to her and saying, like, I see you smiling at him and things. But, like, they played the soft romantic music. 
whenever the two of them were together. And we already knew that one of the characters was cheating on her husband with another member of the team. So I was just kind of like... Who who is called Scout? I know! Like, why on earth? Like, I mean, that's that's the kind of person that you want to sleep with. You know, one of the best bits of the movie is when he goes for, like, a quickie at that woman's house and she batters his head in with a shovel. That is, like, one of the best parts of the movie because he's, like, telling them... And it was the whole thing of, like, he tried to justify it because he'd called her, like, a mama whale or something like that, or walrus. Um, and he tried to justify it because it was like oh, it's locker room chat, and it was just like, Ew. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that also, re- like in the last four years, has a completely different connotation to it now. Calling it a locker room talk. <laughs> yeah. Like so, it, like that aside, that kind of grossness aside, like we already know that he is sleeping with the mayor's wife, and like they don't even really get much of a resolution for that. But that's another thing. But so I kind of was thinking. Are we now going to see Hank Azirol get down with, like, John's wife, Donna? Because why? Like, why is everybody, like, cheating with each other? I don't understand. And it just, yeah, I just found that... Apparently that's just a thing in, like, remote communities. Apparently Orkney, everybody's shagging each other. Apparently it's just everybody's cheating on each other all the time. Okay. (laughs) And Alaska Alaska is just, like, America's Orkney, isn't it? (laughs) I just, I found that, like... We didn't, they were either kind of pushing a lot of the drama within the village or we weren't getting enough of it. Like, the whole thing with Connor, um, I think his name was Connor, the guy that shot the, yeah. the, the rep from the supermarket that they were trying to bring it down to, like, Alaska. And, like, obviously he had his court case and the town obviously saved him because they wanted him to play in the big game. Um, but we didn't really get a lot more about him. Like, I mean, apart from the fact of, like, he shot this guy, like, why did he even have the gun on him in the first place? Like, and I know you could make the argument, oh, it's America, everybody carries a gun everywhere. But, like, I, I don't know. It just felt very random. And then... Yeah, I, think, I do think, like, Alaska is, like, one of those places where you kind of need a gun for, like, wildlife and stuff. Because there is, like bears and moose and wolves yeah well well we hear it at the beginning of the movie because that other guy shoots the or he gets told off he's like stop shooting the wolves we don't need yeah. like the fbi or what was it he says he says something like we don't need somebody know. coming up because you keep shooting wolves <laughs> yeah but but anyway like you know the one thing i will say like and this has nothing to do with the movie but so it was filmed in the 90s Russell Crowe is nice looking in this movie. And that's not something that I would usually say about Russell Crowe. <laughs> like, I don't you know. Just like him with, you just like him with his hockey flow hair. Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling that look. I was like, mm. I, I, like... Every time I watch this movie, I just, like, while watching it, I forget it's Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, it does, because you're so used to him playing, like, the roles for Ridley Scott, like Robin Hood and Gladiator, and he and he plays a lot of action movies now, and like, like he's like he's turned into like the dad action star. So he's joined like the ranks of like Bruce Willis and Liam Neeson and things like that. But but yeah, like he's he just looks so young in this movie, yeah. and I was like, mm. and it's just <laughs> and he's just this kind of like he's just this like quiet mopey small town man who communicates with his wife by like. Using an agony ant yeah. column. <laughs> it was it was just really weird because.
because he was like the character like I liked his character I did like him but it was because he felt like the more he was like the only well-rounded character for me in the whole movie well, he is like the main character. Like he's the only one we really spend that much time yeah, with. Yeah, I guess. And get really in, and he's the only one really going through something for him. Like, and the fact that what he's going through is the fact that he's just a bit too old for this game anymore. Even though he's like been the longest playing player in the Saturday game. Yeah. But I guess he is just dealing with getting older and not being as like young and virile anymore but it is like a silly thing to be getting upset about <laughs> yeah i mean because it was quite hilarious like i didn't realize until he's actually kicked out the game and then so this is what i'm saying because i could not my attention was just not drawn at all through this movie i didn't realize he was the sheriff because i must have missed it when he was trying to start the car up at the beginning i didn't mm. see it on the van i just I just didn't notice it at all um and when they kicked him out of the game i thought they were like sacking him i thought he was losing like his livelihood and then when mm. he and then when they'd done the scene where he turned up at the sheriff's office and he was in the sheriff's car and i was like oh no, so he's not lost his job. He's just not able to play hockey anymore. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, and it's not like they were telling him he could never play hockey again. He just couldn't play in the Saturday game. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> it was like, really random. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's such a bizarre thing in this town that this game is such a big deal because it's not even like there's teams. It's not like there's two teams and the, the town is split by the teams because at the start of each game, it's the classic thing of everybody just puts their stick in and then you chuck them to the side and that's what the team is that week. Yeah. <laughs> We're just watching these guys have a kickabout. Oh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I just found it really, like, an odd concept. And, like, Burt Reynolds, I, I didn't like his character. And I know that at the beginning you're not really supposed to, probably, because he's quite judgmental of his son like who plays and like but then obviously you're supposed to feel for him because he feels like he missed out because he never got to play in the Saturday game and then like obviously he then teaches the team or like he coaches the team I just didn't like him I don't I don't don't know if you well maybe you were supposed to feel for him I never felt like I was supposed to feel for him I think I, I, in my mind it was always he was just this petty guy that was annoyed that he didn't get to yeah. like, play in the Saturday game even though he probably played at a higher level than anyone else in the town if he went to actual organised hockey yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> so all backwards about, yeah, when they're talking about like 2A that's like a high level not quite professional but really high level yeah um, I just thought I think I think for me there was just a lot of like weird backward concepts for me in this movie like the whole struggle of John like not even like it, I might have been a bit more sympathetic to that plight about the fact that he couldn't play if he had been taken out because of an injury and he wasn't expecting it like if he was a really really good player and he was like knocked down and I mean that is the stereotypical thing to do in these movies and I get that but like I would have pro- you probably would have felt a bit more for him if it was more a case of that but like even the, the mayor makes a point of saying like I mean when was the last time you shot a goal and he looks like devastated by that it looks like he's been slapped in the face and it's like well I mean yeah like, if you've not if you're not doing very well in the game anymore it's, we're not saying you can't play hockey we're not going to take your skates and your puck and whatever off you and your stick 
you can still play, but you just can't play in this one particular game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a bummer to go from being like, it sounds like he was like the star player to now just being too old and getting chucked out for a 17 year old who um, has premature ejaculation problems. <laughs> and and who, who just panicked because he saw the sister's boobs. That was like one of the good parts as well when he punched him. <laughs> <laughs> like that ginger guy what else has he been in every time i watch that like he looks really familiar and i can never remember what else so he's been in. i really recognized him as well and i actually meant to look up before the beginning of this what i had seen him in so i'm gonna do it now because i i spent the whole so i spent the whole time looking at him and thinking that he's now in gray's anatomy but i don't think he is i'm sure he's in something else that i know of um, so his name's Scott Grimes. Mm. Uh, oh, he's in Justified. No, I see. I never watched that. Is in ER? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm continuing. Oh, Band of Brothers. He's malarkey. That's uh, what I recognise him from. <laughs> no, I don't recognise. Oh, he was Will Scarlet, weirdly enough, in Robin Hood. So he he's worked with um, with uh, Russell Crowe again. Um, I think I did read, actually, there's a weird amount of people from Mr. Alaska that, that were in Robin Hood. Did they just all kind of get back together? Because they were just like, yeah. um, No, I really don't. Like, I'm literally looking at his IMBD and not recognising him for anything. But he... I think he also just looks like an amalgamation of a bunch of actors from the 90s. Like, there's a little bit of Seth Green in there. There's like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Well, apparently his biggest role was he was in the Orville, which mm. was like that Seth thingy mcfarlane seth mcfarlane but then in saying that though he has been in 301 episodes of american dad and he was in 13 episodes of family guy so he obviously mm. knows him quite well mm. um but yeah i just feel like i should have seen him in lots of things and i haven't yeah but yeah so I, I think, think he's that's probably just one of those guys that's been in a bunch of small roles or... yeah and i think he's like i say he keeps he makes me think and I don't know why he makes me think of him, but he makes me think of Kevin McKidd in, like, the the Scottish actor that was in, like, Train Spotting and things like that. Because he's now in Grey's Anatomy. And that's mm. what, I think that's what it makes me think of. Like, a medical drama person. And, like, I'm just, my brain goes to Kevin McKidd, but it's obviously not Kevin McKidd. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I thought, like, I didn't, uh, yeah, I just found it really hard my attention was not kept at all all the way through this movie. There was little bits of it that made me chuckle. Like, I, lo I, I loved the bit um, when he got... when he was arresting Connor and Connor was like, I heard you got let go, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, like, John just looks up and he's like, Connor, you shot someone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's... I, I love that I, bit. <laughs> I do think there's supposed to be, like, a like an element of being confused as to why everybody saw it in this game and why this dumb game is such like a big deal like in those moments like that guy is about to go to like jail <laughs> and he's like more upset about his friend not being in the game anymore yeah um, well i was actually quite surprised because it says on like it literally says in the synopsis on imbd this comedy and it's it's a comedy movie and i'm like is that <laughs> I mean, obviously there's bits in it that make you chuckle, but I thought it was supposed to be a drama. I didn't realise they were trying to go whole hog and call it a comedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say it's maybe a dramedy. <laughs> like, 
like it's definitely light it's a light movie other than all the cheating that's going on yeah um i don't know you, you could definitely put it in the realm of comedy but it's not like a broad comedy no it's not like a sense. broad comedy but it was just the fact that it i just loved that it was literally like in this comedy and i was like yeah like i what? wouldn't lead with that no <laughs> no that's what they were trying to lead with and i didn't understand i didn't know if they thought it was a comedy because they had hank Azizel in it but like it was like, um, i don't know like i guess it's because the genre is sports film but i don't i don't think that's like an official movie genre <laughs> like, like there's no like oscar for best sports film <laughs> should there be kevin i believe so yes <laughs> I don't, like i mean i will watch anything like i'm not really bothered by the context like there's very few things that will like that if if i'm if i have to watch it i'll watch it and if I, there's very few things that i will outwardly go like i am never watching that like ever ever like not even if you paid me but so I'll watch a sports movie but i didn't even feel like this was a sports movie because they were so like, obviously, there's the big build-up to the game. And I know that a lot of, like, sports movies do that. But you see quite a lot of the sport in between. And I really don't feel like we saw that with this movie. Like, there was a couple of moments where they were, like, practising. And that was it. Like... <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of think when they made this, there was an element of, like, oh, we're going to make this hockey movie. But there's going to be, like, no, in this, in this sort of a sexist 90s way, they're, they're like, but there's going to be something in there for the wives, you know? <laughs> So we're going to put in all this relationship drama, which doesn't really need to be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was definitely not feeling it. I, I did laugh, though, because I know that, obviously, like, because it's... So this movie is on Disney+, Plus. if people are wanting to watch it. <laughs> um, I was so surprised that this was on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but so I forgot that... Well, not forgot, but obviously Disney+, Plus have got, like, their star now. But I just feel like, even when... Unless it's a movie that I specifically know is, like, a horror movie or it's got swearing in it or whatever i just assume that everything that comes up is like a kid is like something that's related to disney and because like the picture when you first bring it up is a picture of like russell crowe and he's with one of his kids i just assumed that this was like a disney movie and i just i was really like shocked when it started and literally the first line in the movie is the wee boy going like fuck that or something like it's like fuck something and i was like what? <laughs> so, like, yeah, he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, like something like that. Yeah, like, so that yeah. just kind of drew me out. I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Yeah, that's literally the second note I took was language in this movie is surprising, and I've seen it a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it because it was just two cute wee kids, and then like the car won't start, and it's oh fuck or something. And I was like, oh okay, <laughs> we're not watching a Disney movie, um, but but yeah, I think. I, I found it really hard. I think it's too long as well. Maybe that wasn't helped by is. the fact that I wasn't enjoying it, but I feel like there was a lot of meandering that didn't need to happen. And it could have yeah. been a shorter movie if they hadn't put a lot of the meandering in it. <laughs> yeah, like, like when I was watching it and like watching it like critically rather, rather than just, you know, sitting there and letting, letting it wash over me. Well, I did think like this really is let down by its second act. Like the first act... I think I really like I kind of like the whole bit of the first bit where you're learning about the game you get a bunch of hockey and you're seeing all like just the land the, like the introduction to this weird little town and all the sort of the relationships and things mm. um and then that second act it just is like that's where like a lot of the relationship drama is and finding out that Skank is sleeping with the mayor's wife and 
uh, that's when uh, Beavisa is Morpheus and yeah that bit is just kind of dull and you could cut like easily 20 minutes out of that like immediately just cut the mayor wife the mayor's wife cheating on him like it adds nothing to the movie at all because no. like if anything that really just leads to like the culmination of um skank blocking the shot with his crotch yeah and and even that moment is fine enough with the girl that he was like calling a whale or whatever yeah. like, like that that moment is still good if he's like saying like oh that was for you or whatever you know instead of pointing at the mayor and it doesn't also like it so two things about that whole thing as well with like him getting shot in the, the balls like there's no real resolution for the like the mayor and his wife because obviously he finds the necklace and he realizes that like his wife's been cheating on him and like they just i don't know they just don't do anything with it like he punches hank Azariel's character and i know it's that whole thing of like oh he's taking his frustration out on him because he's there and it's like no he should fucking punch skank and then when he next sees him he doesn't do that but by the end of the movie she's obviously tried to explain her reasons for doing this but we get no reconciliation between them we just kind of see them together at the end of the movie like nothing's changed like nothing's happened between them and then also skank still doesn't really get any kind of comeuppance because he's a complete twat to the news reporter woman like when she's trying to do her job and he's like trying he's just been a real fucking creep on live tv or while they're trying to record it and then by the end of the movie she wants to sleep with him and i'm like what like yeah but i think the, the whole thing with skank is that he's the the prettiest boy in the town of 500 people so it just has an absurd amount of confidence right and like i've i've met skanks in the real world and they yeah they they get laid and i don't know how but they do <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's just really annoying. I was like, it's not because I felt like they tried to play it as well as like, oh, he's had his comeuppance. He took a puck to the balls. So let's give him a reward. And I was like, why? <laughs> I just, yeah, I just didn't like, I just didn't like him. I think I liked Tree. But <laughs> oh yeah, Tree's adorable. Tree's lovely. The, big, the, the big French Canadian yeah, boy. Yeah, Tree was the Fulton of this movie for me. These two characters, I was just like, these are what I take from these movies. <laughs> yeah. There's just like, I don't know, there's like, you're like, and you're massively right about like the oh, there's so many issues in this movie. Like, there's so many like plots that just don't need to be there, and like, like we even wrote down like it's extremely melodramatic when BB's cut dropped from the game. Like, it's literally just a kick about BB. Like, <laughs> move on, <laughs> go spend more time <laughs> with your children. The depressing <laughs> part of that whole thing as well is the fact of like when he's having the argument with the wife where he's like jealous because obviously she's been spending time with Hank Azizel and stuff and she's like you you left you just left emotionally when you got kicked out of the game and I was like Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's also it's been a month like, <laughs> it's just so stupid. like they literally say like, like oh yeah it's like I think that happens like two days before you find out about the game with the rangers and then they say at some point it's 32 days until the game of the rangers so at best it's been like 45 days yeah. <laughs> it's just so stupid but anyway what were you gonna say <laughs> oh but there's just like a lot of little small things i really like about it. like there's just like little like lines of like like when um hank is coming back to the town and he gets the call like oh there's a helicopter coming 
And then the, the woman's like, looks Russian. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she, like, it's 1999 and she's still scared the Russians are coming. <laughs> like, and then there's like the, the wee old lady when they're having the town meeting about playing the game. And she's like, she again, aimed at Akazaria. It's just like, you know, I always thought you were a bit of a prick. <laughs> but the, so here's my thing. I didn't see that. Like. I don't know. Like, I f- maybe it was because he wasn't. I I feel like they make they they big him up in this movie as being like a main character, and I really don't think you get a lot of him in the movie. Like, not really. And the whole that whole bit in the town hall, they've picked the sweetest old woman to say. And to be honest, I always thought you were a bit of a prick, so everyone can laugh. But I genuinely mm. didn't think he was that much of a prick. Well, is it not because he's because he is like he is looking down his nose at the town the whole time. He's the guy from the small town who wanted to go to New York, and now he just looks back at his old town as a bunch of hicks that bullied him. Which be very small, but he probably was. He probably was a prick. Like, I, no, <laughs> he was getting I don't bullied know. all the maybe time. Maybe I mis- maybe I misread that. But he makes a point of saying like he could. He was never like when he gets drunk, and he's like. I was I left because I wanted better and apparently that was a bad thing and I was never good enough for this town and so I tried to do something for it and people are still not happy now I'm not saying that what BB then goes on to tell him is not true because it's very true like if they like they could have been crushed by the rangers and it would have like been devastating to the town pride but the way i read his character yeah he came in in the flashy helicopter and he looked like a bit of a prick in that part because he was trying to be like oh look what i've become but i genuinely didn't read him as a prick i felt like the only reason they had that woman say that was to make him look like so that they could all laugh and go oh yeah well he's the prick that's come from new york like fuck off like he did he genuinely to me did not read as a prick and if they really wanted to do it as a hard sell for him being a prick he would have made a move on donna and he didn't because he knew she was happily married no hang on the entire film he's making a move on donna like the whole film he's like oh well your your husband's over there being a doofus like the entire time he's like come on come come to new he's literally like come to new york with me at one point he doesn't doesn't say come to new york with me he just he, he doesn't push it to me if he if they really wanted to play him as an absolute twat when he's making the point of saying like oh your your husband's got fat over there and she's joking back with him now if you want to call that as him as her as him flirting she's flirting back with him but at no point does he read that as i can make a move because he knows that she's happy he's totally open to be like like come have an affair with me the entire if she was like wanting to have an affair he would just go with it he's exactly no, I'm, t- I'm talking about this if i was from mr alaska i would be hank azaria <laughs> like, like i am hank azaria in this movie <laughs> but I, and i don't necessarily me as a person think he's a huge prick i think he's a bit of an ass i'm a bit of an ass and um but i can see why the people from this town would think he's an arsehole for thinking he was too big for the town and then there is like a whole thing of like I don't think he fully gets like how much this game actually means to everybody. Like he's written this article as somebody who was never into the Saturday game about all like you no know, waxing lyrical about it and how amazing all these players are. And now he's pushing for this thing that could end up like, and they talk about it in the movie they could destroy 
the game and destroy the mystique of it. Like I think it's actually about Reynolds' line where he says, oh, what was it he says? It's like, there's two things we have in this town. We have our dignity and we have our illusions. Yeah. And like this game could could destroy both of those things. But if they get completely smashed and humiliated mm-hmm. by the Rangers... And then they're also going to like lose the the mystique of the Saturday game, where in their minds the Saturday game is the best version of hockey of all time. But if the New York Rangers come in and completely wreck them, then you know you can't keep pretending that. Um, yeah, and he's like, putting that at jeopardy. Like this is a small town with nothing going on I in did, the middle like, of nowhere. I did understand that. I did understand the point that they were making. But I think, like obviously, like yeah, you make you make good points, and but I just I just didn't read them as a prick i just didn't i just couldn't like apart from the fact that i wasn't completely invested in the movie anyway so it didn't feel (laughs) so maybe i did miss something there but like i felt like out of all the characters like john's character is okay like he is as i say he's probably the most well-rounded character but i think the only other person that i did actually enjoy watching on the screen was hank zera and and it's but it was because yeah, like, I just feel like there's so many, when you watch movies like that, we are, there's two men involved, and it's a woman, and one of them is trying to encroach on territory that is not his, like, it is a, it is not his wife, it is not someone that she's willing to have an affair with them, they could have went the whole hog and made him, like, an absolute prick. And even even if he had just like tried something like trying to kiss her and she had like been like, Whoa, what are you doing? But I think I read it as like when he's taking the piss out of John and, and things like that. I read it as like he knows that she's happy. And yes, if she was to turn to him and say, But I'd sleep with you, he'd be like, Woohoo, result. I'm not saying he wouldn't, but he could have pushed it as well and he didn't. And I think the whole and I just genuinely think the only reason they had this little old lady stand up and say, oh, and I always thought you were a bit of a prick, was so that they could get a laugh. It w- yeah. I, I just didn't get any vibe. I just didn't. Um, I mean, the other thing you get from that is just like how much of an outsider he is in the town. That even this little old lady's happy to just call him a prick in front of the entire, yeah. <laughs> the entire town. <laughs> There's definitely that kind of thing as well. But, but yeah, I think overall I just... I, I, I mean, even when, like, we they'd done the whole courtroom scene and it was like, Bailey has the heart attack and then obviously they cut and it's like, and he's passed away and they have the funeral and stuff. Like, I just wasn't even really that, like, I just wasn't, in, I just was not invested. <laughs> I just, I didn't feel like we'd got enough of Bailey to really, like, he was a bit of a, a ha- he seemed like a bit of a hapless lawyer and he was a bit of a laugh. But we didn't really get much of them, like enough to really care. Like, yeah, yeah, that that, that does feel like it's supposed to be a huge scene and does kind of fall flat a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think the other small, the other small moments are kind of like, like even just like even smaller things. Like there's a whole bit where, like, you know how they're trying to get tree to be able to like be an enforcer <laughs> and hit hard and stuff. Yeah. But then in, in the actual game at the end they eventually get him to like like he, well he eventually hits like a Rangers player then he's like playing the like the hard man and being really angry. And then um Russell Crowe skates over like to like pull him back and then they both turn around and they both just start like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously just like putting it on. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Myers just suddenly showing up. That was and, so um, weird. 
But there, there's like there's a bit of this you definitely wouldn't appreciate unless like you're really into hockey, and that is he is doing an impression of this really ridiculous pundit in America uh, and well in Canada called Don Cherry with all of the. You know, he wants everybody to play hard. He doesn't like all this, like, fancy footwork. He just wants people to hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I remember him when he came on the screen. And I, I was, like, I, I don't know. I was looking at something on my phone. And I looked up. And I actually done a double take. I was, like, I kind of looked. And then went, huh? I was, like, I actually looked back up at my phone. Like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, he was just, I was... Because this was, like, so this was done in the 90s, and I keep forgetting that there was a giant period of, like, Mike Myers, like, career where he just vanished off the face of the earth. Um, and so this was obviously before he'd done that. But because, obviously, I'm watching this now, like, I've just not seen him in anything for so long, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Mike Myers. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was just... I thought his cameo was quite weird. Like, obviously, if he's supposed to be kind of, like like caricaturing like another person that makes sense but but yeah i thought he was quite funny (laughs) yeah if you don't realize that he's doing like a semi-impression of somebody he is just suddenly coming in and doing a mike marius character out of nowhere (laughs) yeah like that's that was the feel i got because i didn't obviously know he was supposed to be kind of playing this person but but yeah i just i just for me it really wasn't like it was. I can't even say it was a bad sports movie because for me it didn't feel like a sports movie. So, it just, it, it just, I didn't enjoy it. I just couldn't. I couldn't get into it, and I couldn't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just funny because like one of the things I like the most about this, and you're right, there's not enough of it, is actually the hockey playing, the way it's filmed, and the way it comes across. It's like actually one of the best seeing hockey in a film to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it just looks really good, and it, like, kind of captures the speed, and it doesn't look forced or fake like it does in a lot of other ones. Yeah. That's often a problem you get with sports films, is that, like, how do you script, like, a game or, like, a free-flowing game? Uh-huh. Um, I just really like the way it looks. I think there's points where the puck might be digital, but um, for the most part, especially, like, the last, and when they're playing the Rangers, I think everything looks really good. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like in the, like, how the game ends, where... Like they don't beat the Rangers. No, just like, I like that They have that, that well. moment at the start where they like get ahead, and it all kind of you can you can make sense of it in in the the movie because like the Rangers don't want to be there. So when they first come out, and like there's the whole thing with Little Richard, <laughs> also in the movie, <laughs> um, where they get him to sing the national anthem really slowly so that the Rangers get really cold, and then also to the Canadian national anthem for absolutely no reason. Um, um, like so, the the Rangers players are miserable. They don't want to be there. They're freezing cold. So you can see them kind of going behind at the start of the game because they're not really trying, and these. Alaskan guys are like, like you know trying the hardest they possibly could yeah um, and then they get you know they come back angry and pump them in the the second period and then you know it's all you know it's almost a tie but the, even then they still lose you know the regulation. only thing the, the thing that makes me laugh actually about that whole thing the fact that obviously they kind of do really well at the beginning and then <laughs> the rangers come back and they're just like utter arseholes on the ice mm. you know the only i literally wrote a note and i was like space jam question mark because that's what <laughs> they did in space jam so like the first part of the game like obviously they're getting humped 
by the aliens. But then they do that thing where they have like a little period and they seem to be doing really, really, really well. And it's like, yeah, they're going to win. And then the aliens come back again and like crush them completely. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just what my brain went <laughs> um i really like as well the bit that just shows how little the rangers that are taking this game seriously is the bit where um they're like going back and forth to the dressing room to warm up (laughs) during the game i think i like the i did like at the beginning as well like the bit with little richard where he's like could you please sing the national anthem like really slowly but also the bit with the paper where like they were all lifting the paper and like the rangers were just Mm. like that's nice (laughs) 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 i like that pettiness Quite yeah. funny. Yeah, I like the setup as well, where they're just like handing out papers at the start. You're like, what was that bit? <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't realize that's what they were going to do. I thought it was like, I didn't know. I thought it was maybe for something else. And then when they all lifted the papers, and I was like, ah, see. <laughs> um, but no, I think there was like genuinely there was little bits of it that made me giggle, and like there was bits that were quite satisfying, like the whole thing about the woman like smacking that twat over the head, yeah. like. I mean, I mean, there's some nice bits with the women in it as well. Where I mean, you see how bad it is to be a woman in this town. Yeah. And to talk about, like, it is awful to be a woman in this town. Like, I'm glad I had boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... So, like, I, there were little bits of it that I enjoyed. But I definitely just did not... I felt it was too long for me. I didn't think there was enough of what the show... The film was supposed to be about within the film. Like, there wasn't enough hockey. And then, at the end of the day... If this is supposed to be a comedy, like it didn't come across as a comedy to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I can't fully explain why I like this film. I do quite enjoy the character, even like the shape bag characters, like Skank. I just find them quite entertaining in a very nineties time capsule way. Yeah. And like, and that, I mean, like I've worked in like warehouses and stuff, so I've been around the locker room talk, and it's awful and uncomfortable, but it does happen. Um, and it's kind of nice to see some comeuppance for stuff like that Mm. Um, even if there's not enough of that in the film yeah but then Um, i I don't know you could say that's because of the when it was made and yeah things so that's that's kind of just stuck the way it is like you can't change that but yeah but yeah i think there's there's definitely that like 40 minutes right in the middle of the film that it i mean it even loses me but i just kind of like the first act and the second act enough that it makes up for that dullness in the middle (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I think for me, final thoughts, I'd give this a 2, like, a 2 out of 10. I just really didn't enjoy this movie. <laughs> it was like, yeah, <laughs> I just really didn't enjoy this movie at all. Apart from, like, the bizarrely ha- handsome Russell Crowe. <laughs> like, just bizarrely nice looking. For me, I give it a 5. Like, I... I mean, I'm getting, rating it slightly, like, it's like an opposite thing. I give it a 5 out of 10, but, like, in my heart, it's probably a 7. So it's like an inverse on the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it's, like, it's just better made than the Mighty Ducks. It's better acted than the Mighty Ducks, and, like, the hockey's better than the Mighty Ducks. But it's obviously not as fun as the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Oh, like, don't get me wrong, the acting was all fine. But I would have been more interested in the acting if I found the story vaguely interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, IMDb gives it a 6.7. Oh. They rate it higher by 0.1 than they do the Mighty Ducks. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, I've got trivia. Unless there's anything else we need to say about No, no, I'm, I'm pretty, 
finished with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can be done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the true story it's like loosely based on is the Dawson City Nuggets, which is... So now when you play for the Stanley Cup, it's like a league, so everything's all structured. You know, you, you play the season to get into the playoffs, then the playoffs is like a best-of-seven knockout until you get the last two teams from each side of the continent to play for the Stanley Cup. But when the Stanley Cup was first made by Lord Stanley, um, it was a challenge cup, which meant essentially it was almost like in wrestling. So you had the cup and then any team could challenge you for the, the cup. Ah. And you essentially just agreed on rules. And I think it tended to be like a best of three. Right. Uh, and the Dawson City Nuggets were a team from Yukon, the Yukon in Canada who traveled for like six weeks to go play an Ottawa team. I want to say it's like the Ottawa Senators maybe. Um. So they traveled for six weeks by, and it was like planes, trains and automobiles, but it was like dog sleds, boat and tra- trains. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they all, it was like something like they all lost like, you know, 30 pounds getting to this game. Oh God. Um, to challenge for the Stanley Cup. And then they got resoundingly just humped. <laughs> like they lost the first game 9-0, then the second game like 24-2. <laughs> One player for Ottawa, like, scored 12 goals. Oh, God. <laughs> but essentially, it was just this, like, you know, bunch of hicks from the middle of nowhere challenging, like, a professional team. But um, I think that is the loose um, sort of inspiration for the movie. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down something for myself, which is the the uh, the tactics that the mystery team use is the trap, which is, like, a really looked-down-upon tactic in hockey because it just, like, all it... All it does is make the game slow and make it hard to score. So it kind of makes sense that the Rangers would maybe struggle a little bit against them playing the trap. And then the other one was that this and Mystery Men came out in the same year and they both star Hank Azaria. Oh, yeah, so they do. Yeah. (laughs) Another mystery solved. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, I just, I was embarrassed at how long it took me to find the movie because I kept calling it the wrong thing. (laughs) Mission no miracle no that's the miracle i don't want that <laughs> eventually just took out the m altogether and just put in alaska i was like just give me the movie <laughs> no a slight slight correction it wasn't the, the ottawa centers as the current team the team back then was just called like the ottawa hockey club uh, okay <laughs> but yeah so that's that's all we have to say about those movies so yeah, so it's been fun. I, it's you've you've definitely made me a Mighty Ducks fan. I will say that it's like thirty years too late. Well, not too late, but like it's one of these. I, I missed the boat when I was a child, but I'm loving them now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like that. But I definitely would not watch Mystery Alaska again. <laughs> Gonna make you watch it again and see if you like it more the second time. Maybe, maybe get ply me with a few more drinks and maybe I'll enjoy it more. I don't know. <laughs> Gotta make this a thing though, so next year I'll make you watch like Slapshot and Goon or something. Well, I actually thought Goon would be your choice when when I said like, oh no, you pick the movies this time. And like we had said hockey, I was like, I'm gonna have to watch Goon, I'm an <laughs> But that actually I don't think would have bothered me because I don't mind Sean Michael Scott, but yeah. <laughs> I was Yeah, and that's that's like a that's just a straight comedy. Yeah. Well, I think um because actually this might be an ex- they made the second one, didn't they? Like a goon two. 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, because was that any good? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that is our de- our delve into hockey movies then. So we should maybe we'll definitely have to do this more because I do want to also watch things that I don't kind of instantly think this is definitely what I want to watch. I do want to go out and watch things that I wouldn't necessarily think to watch, and hockey movies would definitely be one of those things. <laughs> but if we do sports movies, we have to do The Longest Yard as well because. Yeah. What? Which one though? Weirdly enough, the Adam Sandler one. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> but it's probably helped because it's got Chris Rock in it. So, yeah. <laughs> I love Chris Rock. So, uh, But yeah, so it's been fun as always. And think of something new. There's a couple of good things coming out quite soon. So I'm sure we should be able to hit you back up with something new next time. And obviously our usual old. We might even change up the way we do it. We might try something new as well. Like rather than the comparison who knows but until next time as usual if you want to follow me i'm on facebook and instagram as i am i am db or i am danny b um our editor and kevin's wife charlotte is on twitter and what's her handle again I think it's underscore CC Holmes underscore. That sounds about right. Um, and also. And she's she's also on Instagram as Miss Goosey. Yes, Miss Goosey. But her profile might be private. Yep, she's on uh, Instagram as Miss Goosey. And also, I don't mention her enough. Um, but Lizzie Armour, that was in our episode where we did Knives Out and Clue, is on Instagram as well. It's under Elizabeth Armour Studios. Um, but if you search Lizzie Armour, you'll be able to find her because she's done really good artwork and things as well. So you should go follow her. And as usual, we shall leave Kevin well alone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, um, so thanks again for listening. And as I always say, if there's anything you can think of um, that you want us to do, then drop me a line or maybe maybe somebody out there agrees with me and didn't think Hank Azariel was a prick. Let me know. <laughs> but yeah, just <laughs> let us know. But yeah, if there's anything that you want to chat about or whatever, drop me a line on either Facebook or Instagram, whatever. But yeah, thanks again for listening. <laughs>